Welcome to the Behavior Speak podcast. Now, here's your host, Ben Ryman. Welcome to another episode of the Behavior Speak podcast. I'm your host, Ben, as always. Uh, today, uh, excited to have uh, Wes Lowry on the show with us. Wes is a behavior analyst uh, down in San Diego. So nice to talk to someone in the same time zone. So we're both, uh, you know, have the same amount of sleep, which is fun. Wes works in, uh, I'm not going to spend too long sort of t- telling you about Wes and let him tell you about himself, but uh, I'll leave it at Wes. Wes is not uh, practicing sort of standard ABA. He's, 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 he's using ABA in some really kind of cool ways with some, in a cool population with some cool people. And we're going to get into that a little deeper today. But um, I guess if you've read the, uh, the, the title of the podcast, you'll know it's got something to do with sports. Um. Yeah. So, Wes, thanks for being on. Oh, thanks for having me. I I I, I really appreciate it. I'm I'm, I'm excited to uh, get into uh, everything we're going to talk about today. Me too. Really looking forward to it. Wes and I had a really good pre-chat a couple of weeks back, and you know the conversation flowed nice, and and uh, you know really 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 neat to kind of see you know kind of what what's happening there in our field, you know, outside of that kind of autism sort of uh, uh sphere uh, it's uh, a lot of uh, as as most listeners will know most of our practitioners practice in kind of the area of autism and there's been a few folks that have taken things sort of you know out, outside of that box but it's really nice to see it being taken into some you know kind of mainstream activities we know aba is a is a great way of um improving the quality of uh of learning and well we, we know we can learn about pretty much anything so it's just wonderful to see um uh, folks like Wes uh, bringing our science and our technology kind of into other realms. I think it's um, we we can do all the podcasts and journal articles and whatever we want to disseminate, but I think the best way, one of the best ways to disseminate the you know the the science of our field is to actually go and do that work, you know, in other fields. And Wes is and his team are just a amazing example of that before we kind of get into um you know what wes is doing these days uh when it'd be great if you could uh, just kind of you know as a lot of the podcasts do give us a, a bit of your origin story kind of tell you tell us kind of how you got into the field and and you know and it likely kind of probably took you in the autism direction as it does for a lot of folks so how it took you from you know the the autism focus to kind of the kind of work you're doing now yes yeah, sure so, uh, you know, hi everyone. I'm, 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 I'm Wes, uh, BCBA. I got started in the field of ABA very similar to how 90% of us get started within the field of, of ABA, and that's through early childhood, um, intervention at an ABA clinic. When I started in the field of behavior analysis, I didn't necessarily know exactly what direction I wanted to go in. Um, I just knew that I really, I was really fascinated by the science of behavior and why people did what they did and sort of the reason behind, but also why didn't they do one thing over another? So essentially, you know, the whole go, no go type of uh, idea. Obviously, I didn't have those, <laughs> those, 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 those type of wording and stuff like that as, as I was starting in as an undergrad. But that's where my mind was sort of heading in that direction is why people do what they do. And so, I, you know, I stumbled upon the degree and started taking some courses and just absolutely fell in love with it. Got the opportunity to work at a clinic out in North Texas, an early childhood practice. Did that for uh, a few years. Again, you know, for me, um, I was I was able to, you know, really, really get a chance to observe and really fully get that full experience of like, what does it look like to change behavior, but also, you know, change the environment around to then determine, right, how does this affect behavior with the early learner um, with the autism diagnoses? From there, as we all, you know, those who practice within uh, the clinical side or in home base, we all have clients that have limited diets or limited sort of preference with their food options and their selections, which then leads to them primarily eating only goldfish and chicken nuggets. <laughs> um, we use them as reinforcers, you know, we use them and, and when the parents just need them to eat something, right, that's that's sometimes just just our go to um, just to make sure that they're getting calories in for the day. Yeah. And so, you know, with that, it's sort of it's sort of I started to sort of brainstorm the idea of how can we, you know, use this science to help this same population, but not only with, you know, communication skills, 
self-help skills, stuff like that, but also just overall health and wellness. And so that, that's what kind of pushed me in the direction mm. of, of sports health and fitness within, within ABA. Right on. Where'd you go to grad school? Oh, uh, one of the best programs in the nation, uh, the University hmm. of North Texas. Ah, uh, nice. <laughs> yeah, no, we Good had a luck. blast. I was very, 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 very lucky to to be a part of that program. And and I, I say that, uh, you know, there's there's tons of other great programs. I've met <laughs> some other colleagues who are, you know, fantastic, coming from different programs. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely not um, the one to... Um, criticize others or, you know, whatever. It's, it's, it's not that. I just, I just really appreciated my experience because it, it allowed me to, they, they really allowed me to kind of poke around and see and really kind of get my hands dirty across multiple sort of areas within ABA and not just only stay focused under one, um, thesis advisor or one professor. Now, you know, for those who kind of know their direction and what they want to do and, you know, and, and you know, how they want to, you know, lay out their career paths, you know, if, if that's your preference, that's great. You know, that's, that's, that's perfect. But I think for me, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, I, I wasn't sure exactly on kind of where I wanted to go. So having, having options um, available to be able to bounce around different labs, work with different professors, I believe I've worked with at least all of our professors. Um, either on some project, either, either either as a research assistant or just at least joining their labs just to uh, observe and give feedback on data and, and procedures and methods um, was was very helpful. Because then, I, like I said, I just got I just got a chance to see the world of ABA outside of autism mm. on a weekly basis. So for me, I, I think a lot of it started just with my early, early graduate school training. Right, right, yeah, and that that uh, I won't lie, I'm a bit jealous already, and I can see why you'd, um, you know, uh, paint the picture of uh, UNT being the greatest, um, and uh, I don't see anything wrong with being proud of your <laughs> alma mater, uh, but I think you know, and 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 forgive me, uh, Joe Lucician, uh, my my thesis advisor, but I'm going to actually slam my program a little bit um, in that. <laughs> In that, you know, I again, I enjoyed my program. I was at the University of British Columbia, and I enjoyed it, and it was it was wonderful. And, and I don't have really anything negative to say about it. But it wasn't a degree in applied behavior analysis; it was a degree in special education. And so, uh, with you know, with the you know the, the 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 five or six course you know VCS sequence or whatever. But with with that in mind, there wasn't a lot of options to sort of bounce from sort of lab to lab, as you put it. Or we had you know, literally two professors and, and, you know, one was doing, you know, some really nice work in kind of positive behavior support. And the other one was doing some nice work in, uh, you know, in more kind of the augmentative communication realm, but that's it. That's all we had. We didn't, we, there was no sort of, you know, that we had, we had no, you know, experimental labs. We had no, uh, you know, labs in sort of all these different areas, which I'm, I know there's a lot in the States. And so I always felt mm-hmm. like, you know, I was missing out on, you know, an opportunity to kind of learn about different options. And it's only really in the last couple of years and certainly through doing this podcast that I've learned that there are so many other realms of ABA. I knew about OBM, I knew about safety and, but maybe that'd probably be it really. So that's, that's neat that you had so many opportunities. Um, any, any, uh, yeah, no, well, yeah. I think, I think, sorry, I want to add on that, which I, Please, which yeah. I think there's, there, there's a lot of students that are, that are maybe in, in, in that situation or, or similar situations to where, you know, just maybe they're in just in remote areas and they don't have options to kind of explore outside of kind of what they have available. But I think a lot of it for me, right, because a lot of my graduate study was, I would probably say like 60% or 70% of it was autism care treatment. Mm. So it's not the fact that, hey, you know, I was able to bounce around equally across the labs. You know, mm. there was there was there was times where I was able to spend more time than others with some, but, you know, to be full transparent, a, a lot of my, like I said, a lot of my graduate career was, you know, early autism training, but the, the take home point here with it all, right, for, for all the students who may be listening, they may be in a similar situation, is that, you know, you, you, you really need to learn and pay attention to the science, mm. right, um, behind applied behavior analysis so that, um, you know, when you're in the early childhood setting, you're able to apply it, but then you're able to then take those same procedures and methods and sort of take that outside of the the uh, autism care treatment. So so it's still possible, you know, to to kind of still get outside of 
of that realm. You just have to be open to the idea of, you know, ABA isn't just autism and then vice versa. Yeah, fair point. Fair point for sure. And I think I think that's sort of the piece I'm kind of referring to is that when, when I when I kind of compare degrees with uh, in, in applied behavior analysis versus sorts of, you know, these other kinds of um, master's level degrees that are BCBA track, but not specifically, you know, ABA. And so there may be an MA or an MED in, in some other realm. I don't know that that's always the focus. I don't know that there's this sort of here's this underlying science and that's really what we want to talk about. It's it always seems to be kind of geared towards, you know, let's talk more about autism and not so much about the science or let's talk about sort of different pieces. Let's talk about functional assessment. Let's talk about, you know, some of those pieces, but not get into like, I don't think I don't think we, you know, spent a whole lot of time even on Skinner, you know. Whereas, mm, okay. in a, whereas in an actual ABA degree, you're going to spend a lot of time on Skinner. And so, yeah, so I, I think, I think sort of that underlying science um, sort of message that you're, you're, you're sending here, which I think is really important, you know, that we can apply it in so many different areas. That wasn't the message that I got. The message I got was kids with autism and adults with autism do really well with ABA. So let's talk about how we can use ABA with those populations. I really like that sort of um, perspective that, that, that you got from, from there. And, uh, you know, I mean, ABA being kind of a, well, for the most part, a, a, an American institution, you know, it's, it's around the world now. It, it makes sense that there's the American universities are going to potentially offer a lot more options, but kind of getting into a sort of why, or what we're talking about today, and you're saying about how ABA is a science that kind of transfers over to sort of a, a whole lot of different realms. That's kind of the direction you went. So when you when you graduated, first off, was your degree uh, like a thesis track or or the other option, which I always forget what they call that. It was uh yeah, it was a thesis track. Yeah, oh, yeah. so we had to do I think it was like two two and a half years of coursework, and then we had to finish out a, a master's thesis with a with the internship out of it as well. What was your thesis uh, on or related oh, to? Do you remember? Yeah, <laughs> I have to think back. <laughs> it was evaluating reinforcement efficacy right. across um, a, a progressive workshop schedule. Okay. So really, so really looking at right how effective are our reinforcers that we're providing for our clients mm-hmm. um, within session based on how difficult the task is or how long they've been working. So for oh, example, yeah. right, you know, a lot of us, we nowadays, right, we, we, we usually look at the reinforcer being, you know, some type of electronic device, whether it's iPad or tablet or, mm-hmm. you know, some, some type of game. Sometimes there's, you know, there's actual tangible items and stuff like that. But what we were finding out was, you know, the, the whole idea of, of like satiation, Right. And so when is when does that kick in and when does this sort of and, and, and sort of when does uh, performers start to kind of plateau with a pretty a pretty simple uh, task. Right. Something that something that's master something they can do. But it was being introduced on a on a restoration schedule in regards to when the reinforcer can be delivered. Mm. So we were so we were looking for the for the breaking point in that schedule mm. to then determine how powerful this reinforcer was across the multiple reinforcers. So then we, we, you know, so we first had to identify our hierarchy of our reinforcers from high preferred to low preferred mm-hmm. reinforcers. Um, and then determine, right. If that determine, right. Which one of those actually um, sustained performance much longer. And then, like I say, we just use basic, simple, uh, I think was just like fine motor one step, Task that they all knew how to do, which was mm. mastered. It was either, you know, putting putting bees on the string, you know, coins in the bucket, or something simple, right? Something mm-hmm. very simple to where it didn't it, it didn't it, uh, require a ton of complexity. It didn't re- you know uh, require any instructions. Yep. It's just a hey, you know, do as much as you like. Yeah. And then we provided reinforcement um, across that schedule. 
if he were to ask me what the results were, it's been a long time. So I looked at the data, but I can tell you the methods. Yeah, no worries. No worries. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't dream of asking you the results of your own study. <laughs> I'm about to pull the paper up. Yeah, I'm, no I'm actually no very surprised I remembered so much of it yeah. just now after so many years. No, you did well. I mean, I, I know you were struggling to remember the title and you got right into it. So that's cool. So mm. after you graduated, um, were you kind of continuing to work in sort of the autism area? Yeah, so I, I stayed. I, I stayed in it, and I'm, I'm actually, you know, still in it as well. Okay. You know, we all have our hands in it, some some form or another, because that's, yeah. that's that's where our, our our bread and butter is, and that's and that's and that's where we and, and we also still do great work um, within the within the autism care treatment. So, um, so yeah, I, I, I went into it and. And been working with families um, ever since I, I graduated. You know, still in, in, in early childhood, but then started started dabbling into, like I said, the, the health stuff, health and exercise. First, right outside of, uh, well, sorry, my in, in my last year of graduate school, and then from there, I've just always just been kind of exploring and sort of trying to do research and looking at it, but then the back, sort sort of sort of keeping it in the back burner mm-hmm. until you know I was able to kind of get a, a better idea. Of how we can do that, but then also um, when I connected with uh, the team ABA and started doing research, it was kind of taken off from there. So that's that's mm-hmm. that's how I kind of morphed into into this realm and in this area as well. So yeah, so how maybe just tell me tell us a bit about kind of how how you went from sort of you know thinking about health and looking into it to joining team ABA. Um, and, uh, and yeah, and, and, and maybe tell us, maybe, maybe a little bit of history about team ABA itself, but kind of maybe before sure. you got there. Yeah, for sure. So, you know, I, I, I ended up meeting up with our, um, with our founder of team ABA. His name is Kirk Kirby. He's, he's based out of the, the East coast, uh, DC, Maryland area. And, um, I connected with him at ABAI, which, you know, any students listening in, I highly encourage you guys to go. To whenever we start going back again, because it's, it's the greatest networking opportunities, and, and you really get opportunity to really learn a lot from other other folks. But I, I met up with him, and he had already had been con- he's already been connected with a couple other uh, big names within the field um, of ABA. One of those persons were uh, Rick Cabina, one, one of the top guys in in precision teaching. And so when I met Kirk. It was for, for me, it was more of the idea of how can we get childhood obesity addressed, right? How can we get our clients, you know, eating better, you know, exercising more, and we can go through and buy these different procedures with an awesome. ABA. And so as we were talking, he was mentioning to me, he was like, well, have you thought about implementing or utilizing precision teaching um, with this sports health and fitness? And I was like, well, I, mean, I know a little bit about it. You know, I, I did a course on it and well, well, we did a section within one of our courses in grad school, but I wasn't too too I wasn't too familiar with it at the time. And so he starts explaining, you know, like the benefits of it and kind of going into it and talking about, you know, how, how everything's going to be standardized. We can really do fluency training here. We can look at mastery, hmm. and then we can also look at predicting performance with athletes. And then from there, I was like, oh, hmm. everything makes a lot more sense now because if we can. Right. If if we can train a basketball player to, you know, well, let's say a quarterback. Right. If we can train or teach a, a quarterback how to go through their reads much more efficiently or much quicker, but then also know certain stimulus conditions that the defense is presenting mm. will most likely lead to this certain outcome. So then, right, if if the quarterback then knows those antecedent conditions or those stimulus conditions, they then know how to kind of better respond in those situations mm. opposed to then trying to wing it or try to be the hero. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah, by yeah. just trying and, 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 and then just trying to create. So so we're getting away from the idea of of like, let's just see what happens mm-hmm. and more of, OK, when this person drops in the past based on their film, but also based on the data. Um, that we've been able to collect about the opposing team, but also just for that position in general, then we know what our sort of discrete options are because they can only do so many things within that certain area unless mm. they move to a different spot on the field 
and then other opportunities open up. Mm. But when they're in that one particular sector or section on, on the field or on the court, there's only so many things that you can do. And if we're able to identify all those different possibilities and, 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 and those different options and then narrow down which one's going to be most preferred for them to do and what they're most used to doing, then our quarterback can, can uh, make that read much quicker and then either guide or, you know, do something different within their own performance to make that play. Wow. Okay. Lots, lots to unpack here. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 uh, which is cool. So it sounds like you're, mm-hmm. well, maybe before we kind of get into the, the technicalities of it all, because it really sounds like you're analyzing a lot of different variables, which I kind of want to get into, but I'm, I'm wondering just, so for the listeners out there like myself who aren't really, you know, don't, don't spend a lot of time in sort of the team sports realm. You know, we might exercise or we might do whatever. I do try to mm-hmm. stay fit, stay fit. Um, and, uh, but you know, I've never kind of lasted on a, on a sports team for more than a couple of days uh, in, in, my, in my life. <laughs> um, and in fact, the, my closest experience now to sort of being on a sports team and it's been a kind of a, a nice um, redo uh, is uh, I'm, I'm a volunteer in our local fire department. And so there is, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's that sort of team approach, but that's as far as I've gone. I, I, I digress about me. How, how, how does sort of uh, using, you know, ABA to, to teach folks, how does what you're doing differ from sort of traditional coaching? If you're planning on collecting continuing education credits for this podcast, you'll need to go to www.cbiconsultants.com and enter the three secret words. The first secret word is performance. For sure. So, so let's, 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 let's go with an example outside of like team sports, like you said, correct? Right. We're talking about, let's, let's talk about personal training for a second. Right. So a lot of us, you know, if, if we have an interest in, you know, getting stronger, losing weight, or just just wanting to be more active in our daily lives, right? Sometimes we'll just go to a gym and sign up um, and then hope that we keep going back. Or we'll even take that next step and get a, uh, a personal trainer to come in, you know, work with us, get a set up on some programs, stuff like that. One approach that, you know, we, we that we would take with, with ABA, this is, let's, let's use a, a pretty simple one, right, is the, is the BST model with how to perform a certain exercise correctly, right? So if you're working with a personal trainer, right, they may be either just giving you the instructions or maybe not modeling, or maybe they're not providing descriptive feedback, right? Mm. Or, or, you know, you know, providing the proper uh, amount of reinforcement on a certain schedule, right? Those are all behavioral, you know, uh, behavior modification strategies or techniques that we can then you know, consult with a personal trainer, right? So as the BCBA doing ABA in this realm, right? That is, that is, that is my core sort of area is looking at the behavior modification procedures. Not necessarily are they doing the form correctly? Are they, um, you know, like the, the whole personal, let me make sure, let me sure I'll say this correctly. It's not the kinesiology aspect of it, of mm. like, of like the muscle movements and stuff right. like that. And that's where we consult with, with the personal trainer, um, the same way that, you know, our, our current BCBAs within autism world will consult with the speech language pathologist or with the, I love that. or, or like with an OT or, or with the PT, right? To help develop goals for either the, the IEP or just yep. for their individualized behavior plan. Nice. But for us, right? We are consulting with those personal trainers to say, okay, hey, this, like, these are their goals. They, they want to get, you know, they, they want to lose this many pounds. Like, what is a good exercise uh, routine for them to be able to meet that? Yeah. And so then, like, you know, they'll give whatever recommendations are going to be best for them. And then from there, we'll say, okay, hey, coach, let's go over some some different strategies that you can do to better help get their form mm. cleaned up much quicker, right? And that's, you know, going into the BST model, right? What, what kind of mm-hmm. feedback are you giving? Mm-hmm. How often are you giving the feedback, right? Are you modeling at all? Right. And how much are they mm-hmm. practicing? And then, right. And then at the end there, right. How much, what's the level, but also schedule reinforcement. We, we can also talk about differential reinforcement, right. And then, and then shaping, um, and all these different techniques to help the trainer then help improve sort of their job to then, uh, their client to progress as well. Mm. If we're looking at from the perspective of performance, 
the, the way that we measure performance is going to be optimal for determining your superior or most, um, let's say, um, elite athlete. Right. right. So if we have two people that are doing push-ups and they both can do 10 push-ups, right? Say, let's mm. say person A can do 10 push-ups, person B can do 10 push-ups. Right. And then you ask the question, who's your strongest? Well, who's, 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 who's the more superior athlete? Right. You would say, mm, maybe B because I like the letter B. So B would be your current <laughs> athlete. Right. But then, right. If we, if, if we then throw in some measures and some more, some more discrete sort of data collection procedures and we say, okay, hey, person A could do 10 push-ups in one minute. Person B can do push, can do 10 push-ups in five minutes. Right. We would then, Okay, who's 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 the stronger athlete there? Um, we're more more than likely to say person A is your stronger athlete because they're able to then do it within that shorter time frame, yep. which then leads them to saying, right, they're more fluent in the behavior mm. or or they're more fluent within that exercise. Which, you know, Skinner talks about frequency of behavior really determines right mastery or fluency over just Kind of percentage of correct, because um, mm. like I said, versus that first example, they both got a hundred percent. Yes, but the second one, one of them got ten per minute, other one got ten per five minute. Yep. If you're then a coach or a or a recruiter, or you're looking to you know give off scholarships, and you need some you need something to measure that on and, and determine which athlete should I go with, right? There's mm-hmm. a clear separation in performance. And I think that's where ABA can really come in and, and sort of help with that as well. Wow! Right on. Okay, so well, first off, you're you're clearly uh, Kirk has clearly converted you to to uh, <laughs> to a, a a lover of PT. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's clear here, and I think this is a great way of kind of uh, you know for some of the maybe the the newbie newbie folks out there, it's another great way to sort of explain kind of how persistent teaching works and, and, you know, and, 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 and what fluency means when you're, when you're, so a couple questions here and mm-hmm. I don't know if I'll get to the second one because the first one always seems to lead to 12 more, but um, <laughs> is, is, is it the BCBA doing the coaching or are you just providing the tools and, and, the, and doing the measurement and whatnot, but the personal trainer is still doing the coaching? Well, luckily for us, a lot of our trainers are certified, right? personal trainers, but they also are BCPAs as well. Oh, so cool. we have, yeah, so we saw so our personal trainers and our coaches are either uh, BCBAs and those will be our, you know, program managers. Um, we yep. also have uh, certified nutritionists who also have BCBAs. Yep. Wow. And then we also have, and then we also have BCBAs that are trained and have experience where if we want to talk about, right, pushing through like the mental Right, trying to change your yeah. lifestyle, really, 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 really trying to view your life's input but also output differently, right? Trying to reduce the negative self-talk, increase, you know, more leisure time activities, stuff like that. Whatever, whatever you want to do, sort of within that sort of whole mental health uh, realm, we also have BCBAs and BCBADs actually um, that are trained within acceptance and commitment therapy. And speaking of that, we. Um, one, one thing that we've been sort of getting into with acceptance and commitment therapy um, mm-hmm. is um, is looking at uh, BCBA burnout within the field okay. and our career and how that affects, you know, their just overall whole health and mental health. Yeah. Um, we've been kind of exploring those those different options and, and sort of different um, ideas. And we're and, and we're putting together something cool here uh, for the fall for those who are interested and sort of learning more about that and how we approach that from, like I said, like from the whole whole health aspect. I feel like we've gotten away from your question. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. No worries. Yeah. Uh, no, I think, you know, you, you answered my question already. So the, this, this act uh, thing that you guys are putting together for the fall, is this mm-hmm. related to just BCBAs in general that are burning out or are these related to like a sports kind of focus? So Team ABA isn't just sports directed. So we're oh. it's like, you know, it's just, it's just like I mentioned, right? We do athletics, we do nutrition, but also whole health, right? And that's, mm. that's like, you know, mental health, mental stability and stuff like that. Gotcha. And that's where, you know, we have a personal trainers for, for strength conditioning, 
We have our specific um, specialized coaches for, you know, basketball. Mm-hmm. We got volleyball down in New Orleans. Um, we have our own gym out in D.C. actually, where, where we do uh, strength and conditioning classes out there. Group nice. classes, we do one-on-one, and then we're going to do uh, basketball camps there. And then out here in California, we're going to do another basketball camp out near Ontario actually next month. So we have the basketball and sports side, and then we have our nutritionists, which are located some on the East Coast and some out here in Southern California. But we're able to do a virtual consultation hmm. for those who you know want to look at you know like I said, just getting either either eating better, better diets, or just wants to or just want to kind of get a change of pace and then and, and then the act stuff. So it's it's not necessarily just limited to sports. Now to kind of go back and um, address the question. Where does the act fit in with, with sports? It doesn't necessarily fit in with sports, but it does fit in within just like I said, like, like, like the overall sort yeah. of whole health, right? So, and actually it does now that I think about it, it does fit into sports. I'm going to try to use this reference and uh, maybe, maybe you could follow along with me. Sure. You know who Kobe Bryant is, correct? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he had a slang or, or a phrase that he would say that, that he would use. When he was on the court playing ball and it's, you know, late in the game, fourth quarter or whatever, he would say, you know, I, I, I would go into what he called the Mamba mentality. And what mm-hmm. that is, is the idea of never lose the confidence within itself, never or reducing negative self-talk, performing at maximum level, and then just continuing just to push forward. Right. So if, if he would have missed all 50 shots, but before the buzzer beater, mm-hmm. right, he's still going to feel just as confident during the buzzer beater shot. Whereas mm. other people would have started to feel a little more anxious, more depressed yeah. and start to feel worried. Like, oh, I haven't made one yet today. Maybe I shouldn't take the shot. Mm. Well, with this mama mentality, and that's and, and, and that's the direction that we're trying to go in with acceptance and commitment therapy within our sports and athletic performance is we we want to get our athletes into that mamba mentality hmm. to where even if you do make a mistake on the court or on the field, like say, for example, you, you know, throw the ball over and it causes a, a turnover, right? Mm-hmm. We're not dropping our heads. We're not pouting. We're not, you mm. know, walking back down the court. We see that as this is just what happened, but this isn't me, mm. right? Because what, what typically happens is, you know, you do something, you know, you do something wrong on the court, you say, oh, like, oh, I'm just a bad passer. Or right. I just, I, I really can't shoot free throws. And so and, and instead of going into that negative talk, because then at that point, you know, our, our our verbal behavior controls so much of what we do, sometimes we don't even realize it. And then we become rule governed by that verbal behavior to where then we actually start believing that, you know what, I am not a bad, like, mm-hmm. like, like I'm not a bad passer or, or I am very terrible at tackling or shooting free throws or spiking, right? So where our approach is to then, right, teach our athletes how to work through those mm-hmm. sort of mistakes within the game time or, or within practice, recenter themselves back into the game and then be able to perform at their top level again. Right on. Okay, that's cool. Yeah. So I mean, and and I I haven't. I'm slowly kind of learning uh, more about about ACT, and uh, you know, and I love the applications. And and I mean, from from what I've been learning, sort of most recently, it, it applies really nicely to sort of you know, kind of back to sort of the autism lens, you know, parent training mm-hmm. and parents who feel like they're horrible parents and, and, uh, you say those sorts of things and, you know, I'll never be able to get my child to do this or, you know, I'm always going to be, you know, whatever sort of negative statement here. And yeah, it's, that's, that makes perfect sense to sort of, you know, transfer those, those techniques to, to the athlete who has the negative self-talk or really to anyone, I suppose that, you know, feels yeah. like, feels like, you know, and, and certainly from kind of the work you're doing in terms of whole health, you know, I'll never lose weight or I'll never be able to run, you know, a mile yeah, but, uh, or, or so, whatever. Yeah. So, and, and then, um, the, sorry to go back. So I, I just, I just remembered your, your general question in regards to why are we specifically targeting BCBAs or other right. professionals with this, with this new course or this new project. Yes. Um, you know, we are open to, to the general public and general professionals. Yep. Um, yep. But, you know, one thing that we wanted to kind of focus on is just something that I think 
you know, most people will, will, will appreciate is, you know, we, we, we definitely want to first start, start by taking care of our own. Mm-hmm. And that's where the whole idea of, okay, hey, let's see how we can better other BCBAs and sort of better our industry because there's, there's tons of CEUs, there's, there's tons of workshops that are starting to come out now in regards to talking about burnout, stuff like mm-hmm. that. And, 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 you know, we want to be, be able to contribute to that as well because not only will that help our field, um, as a whole, right? But then we're able to reduce the burnout, help clients, you know, whether they're in autism field, OBM field, or whatever it is, still allow them to get services, right? We can then ensure that our services are staying strong and have strong um, integrity, mm-hmm. right? Because the more people burn out, right, the less people do and the less people care. Yeah. And so, you know, as, and this is, you know, just, this kind of just like randomly thinking, right? If our BCBAs that are in the other industries, right, like autism care, OBM and stuff like that, right, if they're starting to burn out and then we start to get a bad rep from BCBAs and sort of those areas, yeah. um, it's just, it's, it's just going to make it much harder for the others who want to disseminate to be able to kind of still hold on to that name. So, and, 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 and I don't think that we're nowhere near that spot mm-hmm. of, you know, us giving us, us being in a, a bad name or anything like that. But like I said, if, if we're trying to figure out who our first target audience will be, it's like, you know, to me, it's like, let's take care of our own. Let's help each other out. We know what the BCBAs do. We know how they think. We know kind of the workload that they're under, the type of pressure um, that they're under. And, you know, burnout is is real. And, yeah. and you know, a lot of the, the pressure from the funding sources in regards to the different changes and all these requirements, it takes toll on people and it, and it makes it very difficult sometimes. So, you know, we want to be able to uh, kind of provide something for them and for us as well. Nice. No, I really like that. I think that I really like how you're kind of just contributing back to the community. And I, and I think, I think you're right. I think, you know, you know, and I won't try to go too far down this road today because it's, but, um, you know, I, I mean, I think in some areas our field is getting a bit of a bad name. And I do think burnout is probably one of the primary reasons for that. You know, as soon as you, you have burnout, I mean, and, and I won't name folks or anything by any means, but we've seen examples, you know, of, of prominent BCBAs doing things that, you know, they, I'm sure they wish they hadn't, but um, um, mm-hmm. that, that were clearly a result of, you know, being stressed out and burnt out and whatnot, but then those sorts of behaviors. And I think we see this even more so, and maybe you'll, you'll go there as well, but I think we see this even more so in our RBTs. Uh, You know, I think our RBTs are burning out even faster than our BCBAs, you know, because they're, they're getting paid so much less and they're doing the frontline work and dealing with, you know, the, the challenging behavior, right, right, sort of in the face. And, and again, they, they get burnt out. They, you know, maybe they say something they wish they didn't say, or they, you know, or maybe they've shoved a kid away who's been hitting at them because they just can't handle it anymore. Um, and not to say, not to say that excuses shoving a child by any means, but mm-hmm. the, the reason is burnout. Um, you know, the reason isn't, you know, necessarily the field it's, it's, it's burnout, but People are going to interpret that as being the field, and 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 so yeah. I think you I think you really are doing a a service, even even if, if if you only get to a few folks initially, you are doing a service to sort of better the the uh, impression of others of our field. Yeah, because the question comes down to right, what state of sort of mind or state of mo are you bringing to work with you that morning or that afternoon, and so. You know, by by any means, right? I haven't been in that situation. Very, very lucky to to, to not have seen any of those um, mm-hmm. examples that that you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. And I hope to not see anything like that. But I think that if you know, it's it is it is it is very possible, even if the person isn't isn't trying to be malicious at all, right? Mm-hmm. It just happened to be the condition under which they came into work that day, after being, you know, stressed out or, you know, pull too thin or, you know, whatever the case is for the past couple of days, last couple of weeks, or maybe the mm-hmm. past couple of months into where if they don't have any, first of all, if they don't, if they're able to recognize that burnout is occurring within their own behavior, 
but then also mm. not only recognizing, but then knowing um, kind of different ideas, different strategies for them to do to kind of help address the burnout or at least kind of reduce some of it to where they can kind of at least bridge themselves into the until they get off work or until they make it to the weekend so that they can really decompress and yeah. sort of allow themselves to reset. Because a lot of us that are in the field of ABA, you know, we we love what we do. At least the folks that I've met and have worked with, everyone that I've met, you know, that have been experienced with, they, they, they love what they do and they enjoy doing the science. But at the same time, you know, you pin someone in a corner, you know, they only have so many options. And so we want to make sure that those folks who love what they do never feel forced into uh, a corner to where they have to, you know, start um, reverting to other means to kind of get their stress relieved. Yeah, totally. And I mean, I can totally see how uh, the whole health perspective that Team ABA brings, you know, can totally be applied there. I mean, there it's it's. Uh, I, I can definitely see the val- the value of sort of you know act strategies to help folks kind of get out of funks, but you know you got to have a good you got to have a good sleep you got to have a good diet and you got to have you know you got to have regular exercise to feel good and you know it, it's not necessarily about being an athlete but just about sort of you know all those other components are so huge in sort of preventing burnout as well will this program that you're 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 doing in the fall be a whole health kind of program or just act focused it'll be the the foundation will be based on act but it would be in the sort of whole health direction yeah yeah of like, yeah. just like you said, right? How's your sleep? How's your eating? How's your physical activity? But then also, right? I think one thing that, that wasn't mentioned was, what about your social? Right? How often mm. are you talking to people? How often are you communicating with people? Mm-hmm. Not just your coworkers or your supervisor, right? Because those are different relationships and you can't have the same type of conversations with them yeah. to where, you know, you can decompress or you can sort of get things off your chest. Totally. So, you know, how like how is your social coming along as well for them to kind of help find that balance if they need to? For this project is um it's sort of just it's, it's sort of just like five week program mm. to where people can sign up and you know learn and it's sort of it's, it's gonna be like the like a classroom based setup. Mm-hmm. Um it's gonna be CEUs offered as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's gonna be really cool. Like we're we're like I said, right, right now we're in the midst of putting it all together. We're, we're looking to launch August. Yep. So for those who are interested, definitely reach out. There will be stuff coming out here pretty soon for it. But yeah, like I said, it's, it's, it's going to be primarily looking at, right, how, how can we address our sort of burnout and our health? How do we identify it? How do we work through it? And then once we get past that, how do we then sort of dip it in the bud early if it starts to come about again? Nice. And like I said, it's, it's, it's not just for BCBAs, we're over to all professionals. But as I mentioned earlier, you know, we, we, we want to start with taking care of our own. Um, and that's what we're going to kind of market towards first. The second secret word is nutrition. Uh, you know what? I, I, I just, I, I've been taking notes here and, you know, and my previous question about sort of, you know, do you, do you pass on the skills to the coach and so on? And, and, and the fact that you have CP, you have, you know, personal trainers and, and nutritionists that are also BCBAs. I'm, I, I kind of want to just touch on those folks for a minute because I mean, that's just, that's just, I think that's just so cool to have <laughs> uh, to sort of see BCBA, you know, associated with these other professions. So for like, for the nutritionists and, and the personal trainers, were these folks, First nutritionists and personal trainers, and then went and got their BCBA. Or was the other way around? It's a good question. Um, I believe they were. I, I think we have a combination of both. Yeah, yeah. I think there were individuals who you know started started within the BCBA track, and yeah. then always had, and then you know, sort of similar to me, right? Always had their their foot or their interest in sports, health, or fitness, yeah, yeah. or um, nutrition. And so, you know, once they got their BCBA, they then went and go get their nutrition certification. Totally. There's other folks that are, that, that were, just came out and were just very heavy into sports, maybe played professionally or maybe played semi-pro yeah. and then got in, in, in and then was in that realm and got all their certifications kind of out the way 
and then they got, got some exposure into ABA or you know BCBA and, and sort of sort of wanted to kind of merge those two together. Mm. So it was it was is honestly I believe this combination of both. Um, yeah, and it's like, very 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 fortunate, really. Totally. Like were were these folks, and and you may not know the history, but and I know mm-hmm. some are on the East Coast, some are on the West Coast. Were these folks recruited with with all these certifications, or were these things that they kind of developed as they started working for you? Um, they were recruited because of their certifications. So Amazing. they, yeah, so they already had, so, so yeah, I mean, especially when, when the pandemic hit, you know, health and exercise and strong lungs yeah. and immune system was, was, was very heavily pushed. Totally. And so I, I think that pushed a lot of folks just within our country into, okay, let's, let's start taking more control of our health. And yeah. so, you know, and that, that, like I said, that leads into our industry as well to where those who already had their BCBA, they're like, you know, let's start looking into these other certifications. You know, mm-hmm. I, I want to be able to practice and, but also know for myself. And so a, a lot of the folks, they were either already certified, both BCBA and either personal training or nutritionist, or they were already enrolled in their course and they were getting ready to sit for their exam. Mm-hmm. Super cool. Mm-hmm. Super cool. I, I, yeah, I just love this sort of. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not actually. I, I, I'm excited about it, but I'm not going to do it. Uh, <laughs> uh, but I, 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 you know, I'm pretty happy where I am right now. But I love the idea of, you know, BCBAs, you know, uh, or or that that are, or folks with other credentials that are then grabbing the BCBA so they can, you know, basically really refine and 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 improve you know, the good work they're already doing, using that as sort of a, a you know, a, a complimentary piece. I, I just think that's so amazing. I think it really, it's, it just sort of sends a message to folks out there that, you know, like I think of just the nutritionist alone, uh, you know, there's so many options there. There's so many other options for a BCBA besides autism. If you just sort of, you know, you know, you know visualize it and go for it. Um, you know, I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. um, I, we, we talked a bit in our pre-chat about, I, I mentioned uh, Todd Ward. Mm, uh, yes. um, he's a, folks in kind of our realm will know him because of, I think he, he's sort of well-known for a lot of his early kind of uh, blog, the behavior, behavior science in the 21st century and kind of really was one of our early, um, um, you know, kind of online disseminators. I mean, he recently moved into, moved completely out of the autism world into and an, a solar energy consulting, but using, you know, his, his BCBA as sort of a way to sort of, you know, help teach folks about solar energy and, 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 uh, and kind of shape the environment. I don't know much about it. If folks kind of want to hear more about him, I, I actually, I was going to have him on the podcast and then discovered, um, that just a, a week prior he had done a full podcast, um, on I believe it's called the Bearded Behaviorist with uh, uh, mm. I think it's Brian Middleton and um, mm-hmm. and so check that out if you're interested in kind of hearing more about what Todd what Todd's doing. Um, I, I after after that podcast came out, I was like, no, no, Brian Brian took care of it. I don't need to go there. But just you know, and he but one of his messages kind of as he left the field was, you know, if you got a passion, you know, or you got an interest of any kind, go do it and bring your BCBA with you. It's a great way to kind of disseminate the field to sort of other realms. And it's also, you know, you can also bring back your knowledge back to the ABA field and share it even more. Uh, and so I just think it's great to, that are bringing on this sort of variety of different folks that are, you know, have a special interest in certain areas, but top it off with the BCBA. I was wondering... Yeah. What's sort of been the response of, of, well, first, kind of a two-part question. What's sort of been the response of the consumer? So I imagine for folks that maybe have done personal training before or visited a nutritionist before or, or even, you know, been coached in a sport before, mm-hmm. different experience. And sort of the part, and said, I'm curious sort of how they're receiving it. And sort of the part B of the question was you had mentioned, you know, about um, how you were, and maybe this was more for an example, but you were mentioning about how, you know, if a, if say a, a recruiter was coming in, you know, and they wanted to sort of compare the two folks and, and, mm-hmm. and you, and you have that offer, you have that, that new measure of fluency to offer. I'm also curious how folks sort of from outside the ABA world receive fluency as a measure. 
So yeah. step yeah. He's... So a couple of questions there. <laughs> Don't <laughs> worry. So I, I I I think I can hit them all. So I think right from the from the consumer's perspective, um, how are they responding to it? They love it, really, honestly. From the sports side of it, right? But also, honestly, I think from 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 all of it, right? So the sports, right? If we're looking at strength and conditioning, but also nutrition. Right. This is if we're approached by someone who, you know, has this goal or they have this deadline or, or timeline and where they want to meet this goal, mm-hmm. feedback is is pretty much gold for them. Right. How well am I doing this so far? Right. Is my time being utilized well? Right. And so looking at the different methods and procedures that we use, right, with the chart, because we're like I said, we're we're graphing all practice data but also game time performance for athletes, but then right training or nutrition, right? We're collecting data and we're graphing all of their stuff too. And so, mm. you know, for someone who feels like they may not have lost a lot of weight, you know, with, within a month or, it, you know, and maybe they step on the scale and, and, and maybe they haven't, right? Because sometimes, you know, your, your muscles outweigh the fat and, and there's just so many different things that's going on within your body mm-hmm. to, to where, you know, that number on the scale might not actually reflect the progress that's being made. However, mm-hmm. we can show them on the chart and say, hey, you did run five miles each week for the past four weeks, whereas previously you were able to only run two miles or mm-hmm. three miles, right? So that type of feedback is lovely mm-hmm. for them. And then from the recruiter's perspective, right, all athletes, all they want to talk about is their stats, <laughs> really. Yeah. How many points yep. did you have? How many turnovers did you have, right? So, you know, we, like I said, we collect practice data and game time data. The team that we worked with out in St. Louis, all of the basketball players wanted to see all of their charts every day after practice, even after their fluency drill. So cool. Because it's like I said, like they, they wanted to see if they were getting better. They wanted to, and then they wanted to, you know, for bragging rights amongst the team, you know, a little friendly competition. But then on top of all of that, when we chart, we're actually creating full-on training reports. I mean, so where we're mm. writing out our objectives, writing out our, our pinpoints and our goals, stuff like that. And we're, you know, adding all of that in there to where we're creating a this sort of document that they can not only, you know, read for themselves to assess, but they can package this with their film or their highlight tape. And they can show the recruiters and say, hey, yeah, I am able to do really well on my best of best, you know, mixtape highlight reel. But however, here's the data for the full season. Here's my practice wow. data as well. Right. And so it is, like I said, and it's, it's not only just, just charts, but we give those summaries and sort of future predictions to allow the, the coaches, you know, or the recruiters to take a look at the data and say, yeah, like they are able to perform consistently throughout the season or throughout practice. And, and this is how they progress. And this is, and this is where we can, predict their performance for maybe next year or maybe for the next game. Obviously, you know, nothing's going to be perfect in, in our predictions, right? There's so many confounds and so many external variables that get in the way. Mm-hmm. But, right, all behavior is lawful. Yeah. If we can mirror similar stimulus conditions, we should be able to mirror that type of performance. And then I forgot your last. I was I was on a roll, and I forgot the last one. No, that was <laughs> so it. That was it. No, you, oh, no, you it? got okay, it. You good. got it. You got it. Yeah. No, there's only two questions, <laughs> but there was a few parts in them. No, you answered okay. them perfectly. Good job. I appreciate also your 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 ability uh, in this interview to keep track of the questions I've asked because I keep forgetting them as, <laughs> as as we as we tangent off. And you've been doing such a great job of coming back to the original question, so I do appreciate that. Um, no <laughs> And I'm not looking for names or anything, but is there anyone else doing this kind of thing? Or is this like a, a team ABA, you know, pioneered, uh, you know, sort of approach to, you know, uh, sort of whole health and and, and, uh, and athleticism? I, I've, I, mean, I have heard a bit of it in terms of uh, tag teaching. Mm-hmm. And, and I've, I've heard of tag teaching being used in some sports instruction, uh, particularly, I think, gymnastics and dancing and sort of those sorts of things where they're, you know, sort of teaching specific moves using those. Um, uh, and I, I don't want to butcher the, the, the names, but there's you know, terms for sort of, you know, similar to, I guess, similar to kind of the pinpoint in tag teaching mm-hmm. terms for sort of describing each of those particular actions. 
Are there other folks out there that are, are doing this or at least, and if there are, is anyone doing this at, at the same level as, as you folk? I, I'm, I'm thinking no. The third secret word is sports. I think at the same level and scope that we're doing it, there's there's no one else doing it, yeah, right? Because we have, like I said, we have our Team ABA, which is sports, nutrition. Sorry, Team ABA is just sports. Um, and that's right. we do individual training. That's across volleyball, basketball, soccer, and golf. We have our team ABA wellness, which is we're looking at, right? The whole health, which is nutrition. Yep. We do strength and conditioning. Um, but then also we do the sort of the, the whole health mental yep. approach through acceptance and commitment therapy. And then lastly, we have our team ABA university, which we host webinar series. We host CEU events. We do, we just wrapped up our second five week course on practicing behavior analysis. And sports health and fitness, we do we, we we do an intro into kind of how to really how to get started within sports health and fitness, and mm. then we wrap up with the with the entrepreneurship class, right? Because there's a lot of I don't know of any. There might be some, but hmm. most of our BCBA programs don't go into entrepreneurship yeah, or yeah. or professional development outside of clinical settings. And so we want to offer that as well to our BCBAs, right? Because as a BCBA, you have an opportunity to sort of start your own venture, really. Uh, you know, if you have enough capital, you, you can go out there and get your, you know, get your tax ID and get, and get up and running. But there's, there's, there's just not a lot of entrepreneurship training within graduate programs. And so we, yeah, we offer yeah. that as well um, on, on how folks can get started within that, within health and fitness. And then we also have a supervision program uh, for students mm. who want to collect independent field hours. And it's, and it's more of like a practicum program to where, you know, you work directly with, with an athlete. We guide you through some behavioral assessments. We guide you through the sports specific assessment, whether, you know, whether it's basketball, football, or if it's a nutrition, where we do our food diaries and stuff like that. And you're being, like I said, right, depending on what area you want to get supervision in, uh, we'll pair you up with that actual certified nutritionist or certified PT or the, you know, content expert of that sport. They also will be BCBAs as well who have taken the, the eight hour supervision course. And then you, you work through our six month curriculum. You can get, I think you earn up to either more than half of your field hours. Um, yep. And we pair them directly. Each week is paired with the, with the task list. And so. Even though our exam isn't heavy on sports health and fitness yet, yeah, um, we understand that, and we and, and we know that we still need to relate, you know, some of these ideas and topics back to the autism world or back to the OBM and back to school settings. But we also want to give them that exposure into okay, this is how it looks within sports health and fitness as well. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, so so like I said, all, all of our BCBAs are um, active and. Um, supervised credentialed and all the work that they do is all behavior modification sort of training. So we are staying within the BACB code and, and, and guidelines for supervision because they're doing all behavior modification stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah. We're we're you know we're 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 looking at the antecedent variables. We're you know looking at different reinforcement procedures. We're looking at the graphs and the data and, and acceleration and we're doing you know those 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 type of um, analyses to where you know, we can actually write off for independent field hours or for our supervision program. So, yeah, to answer your initial question, no one's doing it at the level that we're doing it, but there are mm-hmm. other folks. And I, I just I don't remember their names. It's not that I don't want to say their name. I just don't remember a lot of their names. I know no, there's it's all good. I, I know there's someone in Philadelphia. Uh, I don't want to say the wrong state. Someone up. Yeah, some, it's okay. He's. He's close. He's, he, he does some football stuff with, with some professional athletes. Um, I know there's there's someone, there's a young lady out in Florida that does a certification course as well, sports health and fitness. And then you have your behavior chef who does stuff. Right, of um, course, yeah. And then, just like I said, I, I just can't remember the names on top of my head. I, 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 I would love to give them a shout out. No worries, no worries. And, and, and so that actually was kind of leading to one of my kind of last questions is around 
and again, I, I don't actually do precision teaching either, but I think it's awesome. Mm-hmm. First off, and this isn't a question for you, but I had always wondered why, you know, the field in general, and we can go on that tangent another day, but why the field in general doesn't sort of, particularly the early intervention field, doesn't, why they all don't do precision teaching all the time. Like it, it, it blows my mind. It's just such an amazing, you know, super sensitive measure and gives you just so much more detail and so much more rich results. The question I have though is, it seems like, and, and maybe it's sort of the same dynamic, but it seems like the performance measures that you folks are putting into place, the the detailed reports, the, you know, just, the, just all the fluency measures, the charting in a field, like you said, that loves statistics um, mm-hmm. and loves those numbers. Have, have you folks noticed as you've been doing this for a while now, has there been interest? I don't even know if I'm wording this question right, but maybe you can just try to answer it anyway. But has there been interest sort of from you know, other sports groups, sports teams, coaches just doing other stuff that aren't BCBAs that kind of want to bring some of these measures, some of these sorts of, some of this technology kind of in, into their work, but maybe getting a BCBA isn't isn't something that's in the cards, but they would like, you know, just even a sports team that, that, that has a coaching program that wouldn't mind adding some of these pieces. Like, have, have you run into any of that yet? Yeah, some of the, uh, the coaches that we work with one of the first basketball teams we worked with, um, like I said, they, you know, they they didn't know anything about it before we, you know, stepped into the gym with them. Yeah. Um, however, after they saw kind of how we, what, what we were doing and how we were doing it, they were they were then willing and wanting to sit in on our practice uh, fluency yeah. drills and just watch their their athletes, you know, go through the drills, but also see, you know, how how well it's going. Um, and so yeah. afterwards, right, they would, they would come to us, ask us questions, try to figure out, okay, how can we do this instead of that? Like, what would you recommend for me to do next time? So yeah, we've been getting a lot of interest from the, the non ABA uh, personnel, um, after seeing what we do and that, and that within itself is, you know, super motivating for us, right? Because, you know, stepping into a new world or sort of a new arena can always be intimidating because you don't, you don't mm-hmm. ever know what they're going to think of you mm-hmm. or, you know, what they're going to say about you. And so, you know, getting that kind of feedback, even though it's not the direct, Hey, I think what you guys are doing is fantastic. It's more on lines of, Oh, I saw that you did this. How do I get that to work for this kid as well? Yeah, or, yeah, you know, yeah. vice versa. And so it's just been very motivating and, and, and very encouraging for us starting out, you know, trying to get into this sort of new world to kind of get that kind of feedback and, 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 and for those folks to be as receptive to it has been changing. It's just, it's just been awesome. That's really cool. Yeah, I, just, I mean, I think, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping this is happening in other fields too, but, um, you know, I think uh, – you folks are really pioneering something that has a, an opportunity to really, I think, do more disseminating ABA that ABA than we've ever been able to do. Uh, I mean, sp- just health and sports and those sorts of things are such a broader, a broader impact and a broader population, and and the benefits are just so can be can be so so quick. I think. Yeah. One other question I have, and I don't even know what it is, but it's based on some notes that I took from our pre chat <laughs> that. It sounded cool, and I said, "I'm I'm going to ask I'm going to ask Wes about this again." Tell me about this three on three basketball league. Oh yes, so we have. <laughs> so oh man, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. It's been a while since I, since I talked about it. Um, so yeah. we, um, so Team ABA, we've actually um, acquired a facility out in the D.C. Rockville, Maryland area. Okay. So where you know we have basketball court, we can convert into volleyball court. We can set up cones for soccer, and then it's also a little bit area for weightlifting and strength and conditioning and stuff like that. Perfect. But our goal here, right, with our with our basketball training, is to essentially set up a league for the youth, um, right? Because so you know just just with the pandemic and everything like that, you know a lot of people have just been kind of stuck in the house and have been able to get out and exercise and train a lot more. But I'm sure the kids are dying to get out and you know mm-hmm. get you know get get back out running again and stuff like that and so what we want to do is offer a league for the summer for for youth athletes to kind of get good proper training through fluency mm-hmm. training throughout mm-hmm. the week and then on the weekends we will have games for all of the teams so that they have an opportunity to then practice the skills so it's mm-hmm. i mean if, if you think about it is 
it's just ABA 101 right there. Yeah. Right. So we go through the teaching part of it and shaping. We go through the fluency training throughout practice. And then on the weekends, right, it's generalization. Right. How much how much more ABA can I get with that one? You know what cool. I mean? Yeah, um, yeah, totally. And so um, we're, we're opening that up here. I believe registration may be already open. But, you know, we just we just want to we just want to be able to provide an opportunity for, you know, athletes or, you know, students who, you know, may not already be that well experienced within certain sports or or, mm-hmm. or basketball or have a or or have an AAU team. I mean, because that's 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 what all boils down to is which AAU team are you on for basketball and then mm-hmm. which and then how, how many games are you getting in within a year and. And who's coming out to see you? And so, um, in order to kind of get some of these these athletes on, I guess, or in within that circuit, you know, we're 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 able to provide the the fluency training on some of the basic fundamentals and roll into more yeah. high uh, complex skills, and to helping them get into that A circuit That's if they want to. But then, you know, it's, it's also the, it's also the opportunity just to go out and just, you know, learn a new sport, totally. have fun, socialize, you know, meet, meet, meet other peers and, and you know, other kids and, and just an opportunity for, you know, for the kids to be out and, and, and just up and running. So that's something that we want to do. Like I say, we want to give back and allow resources and opportunities for the for the community while doing a little ABA as well. Totally. That's so cool. And not to mention maybe just another way to introduce the field to, to, to a younger generation. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, that's, uh, that's brilliant. That's brilliant. Wow. Really cool stuff, Wes. I, I you know, oh, I, I, knew, you. I knew this was going to be a fun conversation, <laughs> but I, I didn't realize it would be this fun, especially for a guy like me who's never really been much into sports. You know, I think I'm a little more into it now. I think I might have to, I might have to go pump up that basketball and go down and shoot a couple hoops and, and maybe take a little data while I'm at it. There you go. Well, this, well, if, if you film it, I'll uh, I'll uh, provide you some feedback. Oh gosh, I'm not sure if we're gonna go there, but <laughs> maybe, 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 maybe if I can film it and uh, you only see my arms, um, and, you know, you know, and I can I can pretend I'm somebody else. Uh, who knows? Uh, that's wicked. Okay, cool. Well, thanks again for coming on the podcast. Uh, uh, really cool. I think folks are really gonna get a lot out of this, and really, you know, especially folks that are, you know thinking maybe they'd like to try to do something different with their, with their degree. Um, and also I think for, I think we've got a lot of folks out there that are, that are parents that have kids that are, that are, you know, that are, that play sports. A lot of folks out there that probably play sports themselves that wouldn't mind, um, that, that believe in the science, but, you know, haven't had a way to sort of apply that to their own lives. So knowing the team ABA is out there as an option, I think is great. And we'll have, like I said, all the links and whatnot, um, in our show notes so folks can come find you and uh yeah just thanks again for being on super awesome thanks for having me this 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 was a blast thank you